ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. But first to a man taking on something else again, which is a big job. It's Australia's latest attempt to reboot and strengthen domestic manufacturing via the federal government's $15 billion, eventually, National Reconstruction Fund. A new board's been appointed to the fund. It'll provide finance to seven priority areas, including renewables, medical science, transport, agriculture, resources and military equipment. The board is charged with making sure the fund generates a commercial rate of return. And this is very interesting, considering the debate uh, quietly running over the role of government in this space generally. Martin Wilder is the inaugural chair of the board. He's a lawyer by training, one of the very first into the environmental matters in Australia. He's also the founder and CEO of the climate investment consultancy Pollination. And he joins me in the studio. Hello, Martin. Welcome to... uh, Congratulations, first of all, on the appointment. Thanks very much, Geraldine. Um, Now, look, I'm just going to ask, because one of our listeners came straight up when I did the promo earlier and said, is there no question of conflict of interest for you, given that that's a very important issue these days, always was, uh, given your role at Pollination, which is a consultancy firm about climate change and and decarbonisation? Yes, it's, it's a very important question. It's one that needs to be addressed immediately. Every member of the board... Has, a, has an expertise and a speciality in this sector and it's part of the reason that they're on the board, myself included, and it's absolutely critical that as we go through the process of standing up this organisation and we consider investments, that, it, that we follow very strict conflict uh, procedures and that there's clear transparency and if there is a matter that comes before the board, which any board member, including myself, has an interest in, they are in no way involved in you that decision-making process. Absolutely, you stand outside the room. Not only stand outside the room but also be very transparent and make sure that everybody knows what is going on. So I, I think that many of the board members will probably not... There won't be many of those occasions based on my experience from CFC and Arena, but nonetheless, it is absolutely critical that is managed properly. Um all right. Now, we'll just see whether more, more comes through on that. But, I mean, industry policy, which is what this amounts to, this, that's a sort of broad term, is really ramping up across the globe where countries are desperate to develop sovereign capabilities and there are deals underway to secure critical minerals and things like the clean energy funding package in the US, the ERA is positively transformational. Um, I, you must be very keen to get started because are you going to play in that space? Absolutely. So I think one of the things that we've seen globally is that many governments around the world are allocating large amounts of capital towards decarbonising their economy, towards encouraging investments in areas like minerals processing, uh, manufacturing, and the IRA is a really good example of that. And the IRA has actually pulled a lot of investment that may well have come to Australia into the US. But I think what's important about the National Reconstruction Fund, which is part of an ecosystem with the CFC, ARENA and other organisations, is that it can play a critical role in bringing that investment to Australia and encouraging that investment and transforming the manufacturing sector here. So what's really important is that government, government has to play a role. It is playing a role. And I think that we're seeing that all around the world today. And the NRF will be a really important part of that. So are you effectively a startup? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the NRF is really, it isn't effectively a startup in the sense that CFC was really a new organisation that was set up. And we're having to do Finance Corporation. Yeah, and we're having to do the same with the NRF. So, so that everybody is aware, the government has passed legislation. It's had a tremendous amount of consultation around the NRF. Um, it's now appointed the board. 
It's the next step is to stand up the corporation to get our investment mandate done, uh, which will indicate what our rate of return is, which will be uh, discussed with the government, hire our staff and get going quickly. Oh, I see. All that's still to come, is it? It is. Um, and will so is the plan that the the government will meet dollar for dollar people's investment? You say you're going to draw investment back. How? So um, what the NRF will do is provide debt and equity um, towards project investments. So people will come to the NRF and with proposals, and we will consider those proposals and on a case by case basis decide what to do. Are there sectors or projects that you know of that are ripe for funding? and that don't have it at the moment and that you feel pretty confident about? Yeah, look, I think one of the really important things about the NRF is that, you know, Australia is very good at at digging and growing things and we're not very good at processing or manufacturing. In the past, we had a very big manufacturing sector, but there is there is a lot of opportunity for Australia in the things that we, that, that we dig up, for example, to take on things like minerals processing, to look at ecosystems and supply chains. If we dig out critical minerals, can we process them here? Can we manufacture batteries here? Can we, can we add to the value chain? So there's a tremendous opportunity. Uh, many of our universities are, you know, are, are leaders in this space and in the past we've seen technologies like Wi-Fi developed in Australia and taken overseas. So I think a really important part of the role of the NRF is to bring together that really high-level intelligent thinking that's going on in universities and other innovation centres in Australia and to provide really an opportunity for them to stay in Australia, to grow in Australia and to both uh, build out our manufacturing innovation sectors. I mean, that won't happen with... Because it's it's not $15 billion yet. That's pledged, isn't it, over time? That is pledged, but it's up to us to spend it. But I mean, what does it start with? I'm looking at, at, at what sort of money you're talking about to start with. Well, it's a commitment... Uh, there is $15 billion there to spend and uh, that, that that has been allocated by the government, so that money is available. Right, okay. So, w- so will you give people um, equity or loans or guarantees? Because that's how the CEFC works, I think, isn't it? Yes, so the way the NRF has been set up is to provide debt and equity and it will be on a case-by-case basis depending on what applicants are seeking. Um, we will also be able to maybe develop some innovative finance products as well. But importantly, as you said at the outset, we do have to produce a rate of return. Mm. Uh, this will be outlined in our investment mandate, which we agree with the government. And, you know, I think what's important here is that um, one of the things is that, you know, the, the government is able to do very, or the NRF will be able to do various things with the capital that we have. Um, you know, so a lot of people have asked the question, you know, well, are you going to be conservative? Are you going to be risk averse? And I think the important thing to remember here is that we are trying to reconstruct, the whole point of the fund is to reconstruct uh the manufacturing and the innovation sectors in Australia. And in doing that, there will be some investments that may well uh, ultimately not succeed. But obviously, we it's very important that we drive innovation, that we that, that overall that the fund will have to make a return. But, you know, there'll be probably some very successful investments and maybe perhaps not as successful investments. Well, we heard that word this week that the Northern Australia Fund had not been as successful. I don't think it spent even the money that was allocated. Um, and there was quite a bit of disappointment about that. Now, that doesn't sort of, um, you know, uh, depress you? Not at all. I think, you know, the point of innovation and the point of entrepreneurs and the point of startups is that 
you know, is that you do things that will hopefully be successful. Innovation is all about trying and risking and, and succeeding and failing. But at the end of the day, I think what's really important is that the fund itself can play a really critical role in de-risking those investments and getting them going. So as we see with the IRA in the US, uh, the US government, you know, is providing first loss positions. It's also providing that critical first stage capital that crowds in additional private sector capital. And there are many, many um, areas where we're already seeing our resources taken overseas and basically processed. If we can do that in Australia in a competitive way, and if the National Reconstruction Fund can play a really important role in that, well, we'll be able to rebuild the manufacturing sectors in Australia. Um, is there is there an obvious example you can offer for, for, to sort of to flesh it out for people? Yeah, well, one easy example is probably uh, minerals processing. So at the moment, we dig up a lot of our minerals. Uh, we send them overseas to China and elsewhere to be processed. They then get get sent to the UK. There's, there's opportunities for us to do things like minerals processing in Australia, um, to do value add on those resources um, and to bring that at home. There's also, um, you know, a lot of people have argued that it's possible to do battery manufacturing, car manufacturing yeah, in Australia. Well, that's been such an interesting discussion because the Productivity Commission, under its previous head, admittedly, um, was dead against that and said, you know, that we should not be, in effect, creating industries that others do better. And this, uh, now... Although people are changing their minds on on exactly this, uh, Professor Richard Holden was writing in the uh, press during the week that he was shifting. He thought <laughs> on this. Yeah. So I mean, it's an interesting debate, but the fact is that the cost of labour, the cost of energy, is also changing, and so the economic costs of those processing facilities is changing. So that it may very well be more competitive to do that in Australia. I think one of the things that we haven't really done is a proper assessment of those supply chains and the extent to which if we take a more ecosystem approach, mm. that you can actually make them viable in Australia. Another example of that is, you know, there's a lot of offshore wind happening in Australia. There are many people who are arguing that it may be possible to uh, produce those turbines in Australia to actually build the entire ecosystem here all the way through to recycling. There are others who argue that's not the case. The economics need to be done. We need to test that. We need to see if that is possible. But this is an incredible opportunity using the NRF to really work out what can be done. I wonder if it might might make us a more complex economy. You know, the Harvard, um, uh, this month's release of the Harvard's Global Economic Complexity Index, which has been quite controversial in its own way, but it was a bit startling to see that Australia had slipped, it was already bad, to position um, 93 for, out of 133 countries down from number 91. Now, surely we can do better than that. Absolutely. And that's exactly what the National Reconstruction Fund will be aiming to do and will be a aiming to bring our, our position as a, as a real innovator f much further up that, that ranking. Uh, look, uh, one important question. Are businesses or ventures going to come to you or are you going to seek them out? Now, I mean, that might sound arcane, but I think that is quite an important distinction. Both. There is no restriction on how we approach this. We can do both of those, those measures. And I would say here today that for anyone who's listening who has a really interesting... Um, innovation or, or manufacturing idea in our priority areas to bring them forward uh, to the government and to the NRF once we're up and running. I think also, you know, there are many universities in Australia, I am told, that are looking very closely at where the NRF is going to go. And I, I would say to those universities, you know, we, we really want to bring the incredible innovations and skills that are being uh, developed and used within our national universities and with our innovation centres to, to bring ideas through. At the moment, they can just ring you. There's not many more people. <laughs> what 
they do if they, these are the enabling capabilities you talk about? Are you in the in the book yet? Have you, do you have a site, a website? Uh, we have a website, but there's also a government department that that is functioning and is uh, in the Department of Industry that is there. And, you know, if there is any uh, on the website, it has a clear link to where to go to for that. So, yeah, I mean, people have ideas, always welcome them. But there will, we are intending to move fast. We're going to get this set up. We're going to get get the stuff done. We're going to get out quickly. And I think we have no time to lose. As, as, as you said at the outset, when you look at what other countries are doing with the IRA and elsewhere, it's really important okay. that Australia gets moving. Well, good luck. Thank you very much indeed. Martin Wilder, uh, speaking fast because he's got a lot to do, chairman of the National Reconstruction Fund that is uh, just setting up. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.